Hello, my name is Geraldine Goes-Golar. I am adjunct associate professor of law at the National University of Singapore. Today, I will speak about the settlement of disputes relating to international space law. Now, astronauts that have seen our planets from afar always remember the moment they experience the overview effect. This orbital perspective describes a cognitive shift in awareness upon seeing firsthand the reality of the Earth from outer space or the surface of the Moon. The moment in which the Earth appears as a tiny, fragile ball shielded by an incredibly delicate, thin atmosphere. From that perspective, political boundaries vanish, international and interpersonal conflicts diminish, and the necessity for the united will of humanity to protect our planet and to live in harmony becomes both obvious and vital. Now, until the day that every member of humanity can experience the orbital perspective, we find ourselves having to turn to other means of preserving peace. Where disagreements arise, their peaceful settlement is crucial. Today, I would like to discuss the settlement of disputes relating to activities in outer space. The classic view of international law is that disputes between two states on a point of law or fact, or a conflict of legal views or interests, must be settled peacefully. Aside from this substantive principle, the international legal system also provides for various rules, procedures and institutions by which the peaceful settlement of disputes in accordance with the law may be reached. Article 3 of the Outer Space Treaty provides that international law, including the Charter of the United Nations, is applicable to activities in outer space. In doing so, the Outer Space Treaty imports traditional procedures of international dispute settlement, such as those listed in Article 33 of the Charter of the United Nations. These procedures include negotiation, inquiry, mediation, conciliation, arbitration, judicial settlement, and resort to regional arrangements or agencies, or other peaceful means for the party's choice. In the context of activities in outer space, however, the peaceful settlement of disputes must necessarily encompass more than the institutions neatly encapsulated in Article 33. Humanity's access to outer space arose out of war effort research into intercontinental ballistic missiles. Activities in outer space were the fruit of a steeplechase between two superpowers for technological and tactical advantage, as the rest of the international community looked on. In that context, measures for transparency and confidence building, designed to prevent disputes before they arise, are essential ingredients in conflict avoidance and the preemptive resolution of pos possible disputes. Now, today, international space law operates at a confluence of three factors. First, the wide diversity of actors and stakeholders. Secondly, the hazardous nature of consequences should activities in outer space go wrong. And thirdly, the immense investment and potential return on that investment in space-based assets. In the first place, states are no longer the only actors in the space theatre. Private individuals have paid for and flown on board the Soyuz to the International Space Station. Moreover, the advent of international organizations such as the European Space Agency, and more recently, private entities such as Blue Origin and SpaceX, have turned a spotlight on disputes that may arise from the activities of non-state actors in outer space. Secondly, there is great potential that grave damage may occur in the course of activities in outer space. The nature of the outer space environment, present-day launch technology, and Earth-facing applications that space assets are employed for all point to the immensity of harm that can be caused to people, property and the environment in the case of a mishap. Thirdly, although the cost of access to space has decreased in recent years, activities in outer space remain expensive. 
the high cost of space activities is likely to continue for some time. However, the potential return on investment in space activities, not just financially and economically, but in strategic, political, scientific and cultural terms, is enormous. Obviously, disputes relating to space activities may not only arise between any combination of actors and stakeholders, but may also include any combination of issues and facts. Not all of these disputes will involve international space law. Some disputes will not have an international dimension, such as a dispute between two private entities of the same nationality. Other disputes may not involve space law at all, such as an alleged breach of the commercial terms of a contract to build a component of a spacecraft or an employment dispute between a national space agency and a staff member. The myriad undertakings necessary to put an object into outer space, use it and gain benefit from it, also means that there are myriad categories of disputes, not all of which will fall under the umbrella of international space law. Now, with this in mind, we turn to consider the conflict avoidance and dispute settlement procedures that have been instituted in relation to activities in outer space. Necessity is the mother of invention, and stakeholders active in the space theatre have built creative dispute settlement mechanisms within treaty regimes, regional arrangements, national legislation, and commercial contracts. An important point of note is that these mechanisms do not fall exclusively within the public international law domain. These mechanisms have incorporated elements of private international law, international commercial law and domestic law, reflecting the fact that states and public organisations are not the only actors in outer space. We turn first to the avoidance of conflict or the construction of a framework for cooperation and confidence building that is mutually acceptable to all parties and stakeholders as a means of avoiding dispute. Conflict avoidance is of particular importance in the space sector for various reasons. Aside from the historical origins of spaceflight and space technology, the need for cooperation with an increasing diversity of actors, immense investments necessary, and a great potential for immense damage caused uh, create both a heightened need for risk management and a natural reluctance to employ adversarial methods of dispute settlement. Efforts in conflict avoidance began with the launch of Sputnik 1 in October 1957. As the race for dominance in the space theater heated up between the two superpowers of the time, preventive diplomacy was employed as an instrument critical to the maintenance of international peace and security. The United Nations established an ad hoc committee, which was to later become the United Nations Committee on the Peaceful Users of Outer Space, or UN COPUOS. This committee was tasked with studying possible conflict areas and resolving them in advance. Potential problems were negotiated with the intent to re reconcile contending interests and to find solutions by consensus. Now, achieving consensus is very useful, but often a tedious process. However, once agreement is reached, consensus enhances the likelihood of compliance and diminishes the probability of disputes arising. The negotiation history, as documented in Travaux Preparatoire of the five international space treaties negotiated within the COPUOS framework, provides extensive proof as to the use of the consensus model to reduce and eliminate potential conflict related to, out to outer space activities. For example, the 1967 Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States in the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, or the Outer Space Treaty, incorporates many conflict avoidance mechanisms. Besides declaring the principle of the freedom of exploration and use of outer space, its Article 9 also provides that international consultations should take place if a party has reason to believe that a space activity planned by it or its nationals would potentially cause harmful interference with the activi activities of other states. 
Similarly, Article 13 of the Outer Space Treaty provides that states' parties shall resolve any practical questions arising in connection with activities carried out by international intergovernmental organizations to which they are party. The conflict avoidance techniques in use today include any combination of mechanisms for international and interagency consultation, prior notification of space activities, the obligation to publish and exchange information, the requirement of impact assessments, and early warning apparatuses. There is evidence of state practice that shows a widespread adoption of consultation mechanisms to prevent disputes. The necessity of long-term cooperation between different actors, often from different states, makes the design and establishment of mechanisms to ensure the preservation of the relationship between the various parties important. These mechanisms generally employ a sequence of multi-layered stages that move from informal conflict avoidance and procedures to informal non-adversarial dispute settlement procedures and finally, if at all, to binding third-party dispute settlement. For example, the practice of the member state of the European Space Agency, ESA, has been to adopt complex consultation and technical reviews followed by amicable negotiations before entering into agreements or initiating advanced stages of a project. Where such conflict avoidance techniques fail to prevent a dispute, ESA employs a conciliation procedure for resolving disputes with contractors before engaging in other more formal dispute settlement processes such as third-party arbitration. Similarly, consultations are stipulated to be the means of conflict avoidance in many bilateral agreements relating to space activities, in particular those involving Asian and Eastern European states. Examples of this model of conflict avoidance include the 1972 Agreement of Cooperation regarding atomic energy and space research between the Federal Republic of Germany and India, the 1988 Agreement on Liability for Satellite Launches between China and the United States, and the 1999 Agreement between Kazakhstan, the Russian Federation and the United States relating to the use of technology safeguards for launches from the Baikonur Cosmodrome. Moreover, many agreements concluded by China's National Space Administration exclusively stipulate that consultations shall be carried out with partner states. Another method of conflict avoidance is the use of cross-waivers of liability between partners involved in an activity in outer space. For example, ESA's main partner in space cooperation is the National Aeronautics and Space Administration of, or NASA of the United States. ESA and NASA have an established practice of cross-waivers of liability in which each party agrees not to initiate legal procedures for claims should damage arise in the framework of the relevant cooperation agreement. Now, the relatively small number of space disputes is evidence of the considerable cons success of conflict avoidance mechanisms. However, in a field as complex as the space industry, disputes inevitably arise. Let us turn now to consider the categories of dispute settlement mechanisms in use in international space law, as enumerated by Article 33 of the Charter of the United Nations. In addition to their utility in conflict avoidance, negotiation and consultation have featured prominently as dispute settlement mechanisms in many international instruments relating to space activities. For example, Article 15 of the 1979 Agreement Governing the Activities of States on the Moon and Other Celestial Bodies, or the Moon Agreement, provides for procedures based on negotiation and consultation. Another example under the auspices of the United Nations is the reaction of a group of states to information provided by the United Nations Secretary-General in relation to the 2001 deorbiting and disintegration of the space station Mir over the Pacific Ocean. 
negotiation and consultation have also been used by many actors in place of the more detailed and sometimes more adversarial processes provided in international multilateral agreements. For example, in 1978, the Soviet nuclear-powered satellite Cosmos 954 re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. It disintegrated over the territory of Canada, scattering debris over Canada's Northwest Territories. Although the claims by Canada against the Soviet Union were made pursuant to the 1972 Liability Convention, the dispute ultimately resulted in a negotiated settlement. A further example is the case relating to the procurement by Japan of a navigation satellite. There were allegations that the tender specifications effectively excluded the participation of European bidders, which would have been in breach of Japan's obligations under the Government Procurement Agreement. Despite intricate procedures available to member states of the World Trade Organization, affected states chose instead to consult on a mutually agreed solution which, on the 19th of February 1998, resulted in a negotiated settlement between the European Commission and Japan's Ministry of Transport. The same trend of choosing to consult and negotiate a settlement despite the provision for other more elaborate dispute settlement procedures can also be seen in the settlement of various disputes concerning access to orbital resources and frequency allocations at the International Telecommunications Union and the European Telecommunications Satellite Organization, UTELSAT. The 1978 re-entry of Cosmos 954 and the damage caused to Canadian territory as a result led Canada initially to bring a claim against the Soviet Union in a procedure provided for under the 1972 Liability Convention. This procedure is very similar to conciliation. Conciliation is a dispute settlement process in which the dispute is referred to a commission tasked with elucidating the facts and which, after hearing both parties and attempting to bring them to agreement, is tasked with making a non-binding report with proposals for a settlement. Under the Liability Convention, a claim for compensation for damage caused can be presented by the claimant state to the launching state through diplomatic channels. Articles 12 to 20 of the Liability Convention establish the means for settling the dispute, including the basis for damage assessment. If the claim cannot be settled through diplomatic negotiations within a year of notification, a Claims Commission is established. This Claims Commission shall decide the merits of the claim for compensation and determine the amount of compensation payable, if any. Its decision shall be final and binding if the parties have so agreed. Where there is no such agreement on the binding character of its decision, the Commission's decision is final and recommendatory, and the parties are to consider it in good faith. Arbitration and judicial settlement of disputes are the two methods which are binding on the parties concerned and through which a decision is made on the basis of the law. As such, arbitration and judicial settlement are usually referred to as compulsory means of dispute settlement. Of the two methods, arbitration has to date received much more attention and application whereas there has not been a publicly reported instance of a space-related dispute being brought to international judicial settlement. Interstate arbitration must be distinguished from mixed or private international arbitration, which deals with disputes between different types of parties, such as individuals, corporations, agencies and states. Interstate arbitration deals with public international law and is governed by conventional and customary international law in its substance and procedure. Mixed and international commercial arbitration, on the other hand, may concern issues of private international law, domestic laws, and other laws and issues foreign to public international law. Arbitration has long been the go-to last resort solution in order to resolve disputes relating to space activities. Many international agreements, such as the Convention Establishing the European Space Agency, have stipulated arbitration as the last resort means of dispute settlement. Bilateral and project-based agreements have taken the same approach. 
Examples include the 1969 agreement between Italy and the United States in relation to the launch of satellites from the San Marco range, as well as the agreements entered into by the European Space Agency and its respective member states concerning facilities, such as the European Space Technology Centre, ESTEC, in the Netherlands, and the European Sounding Rocket uh, Launch Range, S-Range, in Sweden. Arbitration has also proved popular as a means of dispute resolution between states and non-state parties. For example, an arbitral case is pending between India's space research organization, ISRO, and Devas Corporation, a private entity in relation to, to the lease of two ISRO satellites. This case was brought first to arbitration before a panel constituted under the framework of the International Chamber of Commerce, followed by another constituted under the framework of the Permanent Court of Arbitration, in accordance with the arbitration rules of the United Nations Commission on International Trade Law, UNSTRAL. Other recent examples include a 2009 award ordered by an arbitration panel in which Sea Launch was ordered to pay Hughes Network Systems damages relating to the termination of a launch contract, and a 2011 award by a panel constituted by the American Arbitration Association, which related to the termination of a launch contract between Avanti Communications and SpaceX. On the 6th of December 2011, the Administrative Council of the Permanent Court of Arbitration, comprised of some 115 member states, adopted the optional rules for arbitration of disputes relating to outer space activities. The text of the optional rules were drafted with the contribution of experts in space law and represented an evolution of the 2010 unsectoral arbitration rules, as well as various procedural rules developed by the Permanent Court of Arbitration. These optional rules became applicable only where parties have agreed that the dispute between them shall be referred to arbitration. Significantly, the rules are open to states, international organizations, and private entities. Moreover, the dispute need not be characterized as one relating to space activities in order for the rules to apply, which is important where disputes relating to technology or applications of a dual-use nature arise. The optional rules are also particular in constructing a state's or international organization's consent to arbitration as a waiver of its jurisdictional immunity, as well as for providing for the appointment of confidentiality advisors to the arbitral tribunal. In practice, there has been a tendency for parties to international or multilateral agreements to cover all bases by agreeing to a stepwise approach to dispute settlement. This generally involves the stipulation of negotiation and consultation as the first step in the event of a dispute, followed by a reference to mediation or conciliation should a settlement not be reached, and finally by a provision that the dispute may be referred to binding third-party settlement, such as arbitration or judicial settlement, if it remains unresolved. A good example can be found in the most significant international partnership ever concluded for a technological and scientific project, the International Space Station. The development, assembly and operational cost of the International Space Station is valued in excess of 100 billion US dollars. The 1998 Intergovernmental Agreement, the IGA, concerned cooperation on construction and use of the International Space Station and was concluded between the United States, Russia, Japan, Canada and the European partner encompassing certain member states of the European Space Agency, ESA. This 1998 agreement replaced the original 1988 agreement to which Russia was not a party. ESA is the cooperation agency designated by the participating European member states to discharge the responsibilities of the European partner through dedicated ESA optional programs that are carried out under the ESA Convention. The Intergovernmental Agreement is the prime example of the phenomenon of the cross-waivers of liability in the space industry. In relation to dispute settlement mechanisms, however, 
there is the characteristic instance of resort to a sequence of ad hoc mechanisms ranging from negotiation through to arbitration. Dispute settlements has been one of the most contentious issues in the 1985 to 1998 negotiations on the space station project. Some partner states were of the opinion that an international undertaking of this scale could only be properly ex executed if legal certainty was provided for by recourse to binding arbitration. Conversely, the United States was adamant that, due to the sheer magnitude of the project and the enormous economic investment it entailed, it would be in the party's interest to settle their disputes at the lowest possible hierarchical level. As a result, the approach to dispute settlement in the International Space Station project is fairly complicated. Disputes relating to daily operations and workflow are generally negotiated between project managers, engineers and contractors, and where unresolved, brought to technical review boards for consensus decision-making. Where disagreement on a particular issue persists at, um, at this level, a two-level consultation process is undertaken. Article 23 of the Intergovernmental Agreement provides that partner states are to consult with each other at a governmental level on any matter arising out of space station cooperation. Unresolved disputes may then be submitted to an agreed form of dispute resolution such as conciliation, mediation or arbitration. The dispute settlement system in this field then has a lot in common with the technology that fuels it. Innovations cutting edge for its time and a hodgepodge of what works goes and built-in backups and redundancies. The adaptability baked into this dispute settlement regime has kept it in sync with the evolution that has occurred in the space industry since the launch of Sputnik 1 in 1957. Still, it faces an unrelenting series of issues and challenges that it must surmount if it is to remain relevant. The first is how to incorporate the necessary technical, scientific and other non-legal expertise into a dispute settlement framework focused on the law. By its very nature, disputes involving space activities will comprise highly technical non-law questions that may impact on any settlement or award that resolves it. Moreover, issues of international space law will intersect with other areas of the law, such as public international law, private international law, and domestic laws and regulations. Whether a dispute is brought to informal or formal methods of settlement, the parties involved, especially third-party decision-makers, must have a thorough understanding of the various issues at hand. Thus far, systems of international dispute settlement, such as arbitration, have relied on evidence and opinions provided by expert witnesses. This has been adequate, but perhaps the time has come to ask whether engineers, scientists, economists and other non-legal experts should have a first-chair role in international dispute settlement frameworks relating to space activities. The second is how the dispute settlement regime will function with industry participation in traditionally government-owned and operated space projects, especially in the framework of public-private partnerships. There has been some contention that disputes arising during the course of a project agreement and execution tend to arise during the construction of the space asset, the operation of the asset and its infrastructure facilities and the termination and expiry of the project lifespan. Public-private partnerships are inherently intricate and usually include a web of interconnected contracts and legal relationships between actors of different categories. This means that disputes arising from such public-private partnerships may require different mechanisms of dispute settlement depending on the stakeholders involved, the state at which the project is in and the issues which are involved. Thirdly, the established practice in the space sector of cross-waivers of liability raises many legal questions. These cross-waivers are essentially compacts made by parties to agreement not to bring claims against each other in case of damage, except in very specific circumstances. Such cross-waivers have raised many legal questions such as the standard at which such waivers would be obviated. 
More to the point of today's topic, while cross-waivers remain trade practice, the dispute settlement framework remains stagnant. With few or no disputes being brought to dispute settlement mechanisms, the system cannot evolve to meet the changing needs of the space industry. Further, although waivers of liability function as procedural bars to the capacity of an actor in bringing an international claim, this does not mean that the dispute itself ceases to exist. Unresolved or dormant disputes do not contribute to healthy relationships and may lead to retaliatory measures detrimental to the exploration and use of outer space. A final thought relates to the protection of outer space as a common public good. Sui generis instruments in the field have remained underdeveloped or underused. It would be interesting, for example, to see whether an Axio Popularis regime can or should be established for the protection of the outer space environment from, among others, space debris. Since outer space is the common heritage of mankind, every state in the international community has a legal interest in the protection of the outer space environment. However, any procedural manifestation of that right has yet to materialize. The inevitable corollary of increasing activity in outer space by an increasing number of actors is that disputes are more likely than ever to arise. This is a positive development. It shows that access to space is becoming more democratic and that we are harnessing the vast abundance of space resources. An up-to-date, practically applicable and adaptable dispute settlement system ensures that peace can be kept and that space-based projects can move towards fulfilment. It ensures that the day that every one of us will have access to the wealth of space resources and experience the orbital perspective is coming nearer. Thank you.